Welcome back to Sad Girl Study Guides. As always, I'm your host, Amelia, and as always, I'm sad. I just want to start this episode by saying if any of my listeners are on the west coast of the United States, I hope you're doing safe and well given the wildfires that are raging at an unprecedented level. As I've mentioned several times, I grew up in California. Most of my family still lives there. Seeing the photos is absolutely horrifying and is truly proof that not only climate change is real, but it's something we really need to act on. And yes, while individual action is all very well and good, it truly is a structural problem being um, like continued on by a few choice corporations. So, yay. Welcome to 2020, where the world truly is on fire. Well, this episode isn't exactly about California. In fact, it's talking about a time period where the subjects would have had no idea what California was. It should be good distraction from the wildfires if you're in California or the rest of the destruction of humanity going on around us. You can listen to it indoors where things hopefully are safe and well ventilated. Today's subject is Sophia Dorothea of Cell, aka the wife of George I of England, although as we're going to learn in today's episode, she was not actually married to him when he was king, which meant she never served as Queen of England. Sophia Dorothea had a real doozy of a marriage. It sucked. Like, it might have been worse than Isabella and Edward's marriage. Her study guide involves even more cousins getting married with even worse results, decades of imprisonment, and a murdered count. Let's begin. Sophia Dorothea of Sell was born September 16th, 1666, in, surprise, surprise, Sell, in what is now Lower Saxony, Germany. Her parents were Eleanor de Esmer de Albruse and Prince George William of Sell, who was a member of the House of Hanover. At the time of her birth, her parents were aggressively not married. Sophia Dorothea's mother came from a wealthy French Protestant family who had been exiled because well, welcome me being a French Protestant, and while her family was wealthy, they didn't have a noble title. So, Eleanor served as a lady-in-waiting for a French duchess who had married into the Hess-Castle family, aka a German royal family. Through this position, Eleanor ended up meeting George William of Sell. The two were super into each other, but because Eleanor wasn't from a noble family, the two weren't allowed to marry. So, since it was the 17th century, George instead took her on as his mistress. As a result of this, our hero, Sophia Dorothea, technically was born illegitimately. However, in 1674, when she was eight years old, the Holy Roman Emperor at the time, Leopold I, formally recognized her parents' relationship, which meant that Sophia Dorothea was able to be legitimized. And then, two years later, when she was 10, her parents got married 
albeit in a morganatic marriage, which meant that Eleanor's children, aka Sophia Dorothea, weren't allowed to inherit any of her father's royal titles. That being said, Sophia Dorothea still could inherit her father's land, which made her quite the heiress. Beyond all the drama of Sophia Dorothea's parents' relationship, we actually don't know that much about her childhood. We do know that she came from a very wealthy noble family, which meant that she probably was fairly well brought up and got a decent education. Her letters from later on in life showed really great spelling and grammar, so hooray for literacy. We also know that Sophia Dorothea was fairly close to both of her parents, but was especially close to her mother. As a result of her parents' relationship, Sophia Dorothea was seen as a wildly improper marriage prospect for most European nobles and royalty. After all, who wants to marry the illegitimate daughter of a slightly minor German royal? Despite this, Sophia Dorothea was seen as a major beauty of her time. She had pale skin, dark hair and dark eyes, a banging bod, all that good stuff. And she was considered to be really fun company. She was very witty, an amazing singer, just a good person to hang out with. So despite her illegitimacy, she does decently well on the European marriage market. She was briefly engaged to a Danish prince and then a German duke. But in 1682, when Sophia Dorothea was 16, both of those engagements fell through because she and her cousin, George Ludwig of Hanover, got engaged. She was 16 and he was 22. This marriage was aggressively not a love match. It was organized solely as a way to tie up the loose ends in an attempt to unify the Hanover family lands once and for all. Basically, Sophia's father, George William, and George Ludwig's father, Ernest Augustus, were brothers, and their father, aka Sophia Dorothea's grandfather, had split the Hanover family lands between them, which caused all sorts of drama within the family, but by having George and Sophia Dorothea marry, the family lands could be reunited. This was very exciting for the Hanover family because by reuniting the family land, it would increase the prestige of the family and increase the chance of George's father, Ernest Augustus, to be made an elector within the Holy Roman Empire, which would boost his overall profile within continental Europe. The majority of the marriage negotiations were done in Dutch between George's mother, Sophia of Hanover, and Sophia's parents. As a fun side note, George's mother was fluent in Dutch, and Sophia of Hanover's parents didn't really speak the language, so that's not at all sketchy. When Sophia found out about the engagement, she was not thrilled especially because she was still really into the German duke that she had previously been engaged to. She thought that George was absolutely hideous, 
and in fairness, he wasn't exactly a major looker. Apparently, when she first saw a picture of him, she said, I will not marry the pig snout, and threw the portrait across the room. Then, when she saw him in person for the first time, she straight up fainted, which is a great way to endear yourself to your future spouse. And, in fairness, Sophia Dorothea did have some reason to not be thrilled about marrying George. By this time, even though he was only in his early 20s, he did not have a great reputation throughout what would now be Germany. He had already impregnated a family servant, and he was known for being cold, not that much fun to hang out with, and being more interested in hunting than carrying out a conversation. Sophia Dorothea ended up being so against the marriage that in the days leading up to the wedding, her parents apparently had to have her sleep in their bedroom to keep an eye on her in order to prevent her from running off. So yeah, things are going real great. Sophia Dorothea and George ended up getting married in November 1682. The wedding ceremony itself was exceedingly grim. Sophia Dorothea was not happy and let everyone know that. On top of that, the weather was terrible and Sophia Dorothea's mother was crying throughout the entire ceremony. From the get-go, the marriage between Sophia Dorothea and George was extremely unhappy. His family made it pretty damn clear that she was only married to him for financial slash unifying the family land reasons especially his mother, Sophia of Hanover. In fact, Sophia of Hanover would openly scold Sophia Dorothea in front of the entire court for not following proper protocol, which was kind of unfair because no one had ever taught Sophia Dorothea the proper protocol. After all, she hadn't grown up in Hanover. She'd grown up in Cell, which had a very different, much laxer court culture. Her own husband, George, was very open in his utter dislike of his new young wife. The only good thing going for Sophia Dorothea was that her husband was usually out of the kingdom on various military jaunts, and as it turned out, George's younger brothers really enjoyed hanging out with her and were very nice to her, and George's father, Ernest, was also fairly friendly to her. Despite the mutual loathing between the couple, Sophia Dorothea and George had two children. First, in 1683, Sophia Dorothea gave birth to a son, also named George, because as it turned out, the Hanovers weren't exactly known for their creativity when it came to naming their sons. Her son George would end up becoming George II of England. Then, in 1687, Sophia Dorothea gave birth to a daughter, also named Sophia Dorothea, because that's not at all confusing, who would go on to marry Friedrich William I of Prussia. After the birth of her son, George started to briefly be nice to his young wife, but this trend did not last. However, his mother, Sophia of Hanover, also began to be nice to Sophia Dorothea, after all. She'd done her job, she'd given birth to an heir, and unlike with George, Sophia of Hanover 
did continue to be decently kind to her daughter-in-law. Between the two pregnancies, George's father invited Sophia Dorothea to travel with him to Italy to get away from the Hanover court, which basically everyone knew Sophia Dorothea loathed. And Sophia Dorothea had a pretty good time on this little vacation. While she was there, she met a French nobleman, the Marquis de Lassay. After her death, a bunch of love letters from the Marquis to Sophia Dorothea were published, which led to all sorts of rumors that the two had slept together. However, there was no evidence that they did, and as far as we know, Sophia never even replied to the Marquis's letters. Also, the Marquis de Lassay was known at the time for being quite the playboy and for exaggerating the number of conquests that he had. So in my opinion, probably Sophia just engaged in a small flirtation with him that didn't go any further. By the time Sophia Dorothea returned back to Hanover and had her second child, her daughter, her marriage with George had completely fallen apart. George was openly unfaithful to his wife. He had two main mistresses. Melissoon von Schulenberg is the more famous of his two mistresses. She was one of his mother's ladies-in-waiting, which is pretty ironic given the way Sophia Dorothea's mother had met her father. He was so indiscreet with Mel- Melissoon that both of his parents told him to be more subtle about the relationship which George absolutely hated. And to add insult to injury, Melissoon was not known for being a beauty. She was so skinny that once George became king of England, she would get various nicknames, including the Scarecrow, the Maypole, and the Goose. However, due to his parents' interference, George did briefly tamped down his relationship with Melisoon and started visiting with his wife, who by now was pregnant with their second child. But once Sophia Dorothea had given birth to the second child, and the second child ended up being a daughter, George went right back to his old ways, aka he began impregnating Melisoon and the two would end up having three children together. In addition to Melisoon, George's other main mistress was Sophia Charlotte von Kaiselmansegg, which hopefully I'm pronouncing correctly. I don't know. I don't know any German. I'm so sorry, you guys. Sophia Charlotte was the daughter of his father's mistress, the Countess von Platten. And as a result of this, there were a bunch of rumors swirling at the Hanover court that Sophia Charlotte was actually George's father's daughter with von Platten, which meant that she and George were actually half-siblings, which is a major yikes, if true. Much like with the case of Melusine, Sophia Charlotte was not considered to be a beauty. For her time, she was considered to be extremely overweight, which led to her nickname of the castle, especially after George became king of England. 
while her husband was running around with these various mistresses, Sophia herself had fallen in love with a Swedish count and a member of the Hanover army named Philip von Konigsmark. The two had actually met originally back in Sel before Sophia had even met and married George. And way back then, they'd had a cute little flirtation where they would write each other notes on the fog in various castle windows. And these notes would say little cute things like, forget me not. But when Sophia, Dorothea had gotten married, this flirtation had ended, and von Konigsmark had gone off on various military expeditions. But then in 1692, the two reunite, and they pick back up from where they had left off, and their relationship takes off very, very quickly. And much like her husband, Sophia Dorothea wasn't exactly discreet in her love. The attraction was so obvious that both her mother and George's mother had to warn her multiple times to be a touch more discreet in her attraction to von Kingsmark. However, George's younger brothers really supported the relationship and would literally set up meeting times for the lovers to meet. Pretty soon, they were sending each other extremely passionate, vaguely coded letters. But then, George's father, Ernest Augustus, found out about this little turn of events and was extremely not pleased, which, yes, is hypocritical because, after all, his son was running around having mistresses, and as we've established, Ernest Augustus had mistresses of his own. But, of course, it's always different when a woman takes on a lover because that could cast doubt on any future royal children that she had. In response, Ernest Augustus sent von Kennigsmark away to fight the French in whatever fun little conflict was going on between France and Hanover. Once von Kennigsmark was away fighting, Ernest Augustus kept refusing to let him go on leave in order to separate him from Sophia Dorothea. However, this state of affairs, as unstable as it was, didn't last all that long. Von Kinnicksmark really wanted to see Sophia Dorothea, and he ended up piecing out of the army, going AWOL, and spending a week riding back to Hanover as quickly as possible. In response to his piecing out of the army, Ernest Augustus exiled him and sent him to Saxony. And then George found out. And he was extremely pissed off that his wife would dare take on a lover. He and Sophia Dorothea got into a huge fight about her relationship with von Kinnigsmark. And during the argument, Sophia Dorothea pointed out that he also wasn't exactly being faithful, which, as it turned out, was kind of a mistake on her end. In response to this keen observation, George tried to strangle her and almost succeeded. He was only stopped when some servants intervened and physically pulled him off of his wife. By then, Sophia Dorothea was done with George, and he was making it pretty damn clear that he was planning on divorcing her as soon as he could. The relationship, whatever had remained, 
was not salvageable. So she and von Knigsmark started writing letters to each other yet again. And in these letters, they began creating a plan where they would run off together, leave Hanover, and go back to cell where her father was still in charge. However, the plan got discovered by the Countess von Platten, who immediately told her lover, Ernest Augustus, who told George. On July 1st, 1694, von Kenigsmark tried to get into Sophia Dorothea's apartment, most likely to either discuss the plan or to actually leave Hanover, but Ernest Augustus was prepared. Some of his guards tried to stop von Kenigsmark. There was a struggle, a guard got wounded, and by the next morning, July 2nd, 1694, von Kenigsmark had vanished. He was almost certainly murdered on the order of George's father. However, his body has never been discovered. Most historians think that his body was either weighed down and thrown into a nearby river, or covered in quicklime and buried in a latrine, and then the latrine was covered up by a brick wall so it could never be discovered. Right when von Knigsmark was being so conveniently disappeared, a tribunal made up of both Lutheran and secular authorities were trying to decide whether or not George and Sophia Dorothea's marriage should be valid or invalid. Ultimately, this tribunal decided that it was invalid because Sophia, Dorothea, because Sophia Dorothea had deserted her husband. Of course, she was the guilty party, even though, as we've established, George had been cheating on her first. So now the two were divorced. In most cases, the divorced wife would just be sent back to live with her parents in shame. But George wasn't done punishing his disloyal wife. He started off by sending her to Alden Castle in her father's kingdom of Cell and said she needed to be kept under guard. And this started out seeming all very well and good and normal. But he wasn't quite done. When Sophia Dorothea arrived in Cell, she was convinced that she was going to be reunited with von Königsmark because she hadn't been told that he had been murdered. Instead, she found out that, yeah, he was gone and she wasn't ever going to see him again. Sophia Dorothea would never find out who exactly was responsible for von Königsmark's disappearance for her entire life. She would just be told that he had lost interest in her and had left of his own free will because that was the official Hanoverian government response. However, the Countess von Platten ended up revealing the entire plan on her deathbed. So, because George had convinced everyone that Sophia Dorothea was the guilty party in the separation, she was not allowed to get remarried or see her children, who were then sent to live in the custody of George's parents in Hanover. She also lost all of her titles and was forcibly downgraded to being the Duchess of Alden. George also insisted that she be kept in Alden Castle for the rest of her life, and Sophia Dorothea was only 28 years old at the time. 
even though Alden Castle was in the land that sort of, even though Alden Castle was in the land that Sophia Dorothea's father controlled, George insisted on controlling who was in her household. He insisted that she was kept under around 40 armed guards at all time and only gave her the bare bones of a household, all of whom had to prove that they were loyal to Hanover. Like I said, usually divorced wives at the time were just sent back to live with their family. In a normal case, Sophia Dorothea would have been sent back to live in cell, but probably would have had some level of freedom. But George did not want this to be a normal case. She was a prisoner. During her time in captivity, her father started out refusing to see her, which in my opinion is really hypocritical of him because as we've shown, he was more than willing to take on a lover, but Sophia Dorothea's mother, Eleanor, continually came to visit her daughter. In 1698, several years after the forced separation and imprisonment of Sophia Dorothea, George's father, Ernest Augustus, died and George became the elector of Hanover. Sophia Dorothea saw this as an opportunity to try to improve the not-great conditions that she was living under. She wrote her ex-husband a very long letter of condolence, and within this letter, she apologized for everything, said she was the one to blame, that George was perfect, she was the sinner, etc., etc., and also begged to see her children at least one more time. George flat out refused. This refusal to allow Sophia Dorothea to ever see her children again led to a huge breakdown between in the relationship between George and the children, especially their son, which would have some pretty big ramifications for English politics later on, which isn't really in the scope of this particular episode. Then in 1705, Sophia Dorothea's father died. Even though her father hadn't really argued against her imprisonment, he did want to visit his daughter one more time before he died. But right when he was preparing to go to Alden Castle, George and his ministers in Hanover blocked him from visiting. So Sophia Dorothea also never got to see her father again. For the next few years, Sophia Dorothea remained in Alden Castle. Nothing changed. But then, in 1714, it was announced that George was going to be the King of England. The current Queen of England, Queen Anne, did not have any heirs. She did have a younger half-brother, but he was Catholic, and the Protestant Parliament was so not okay with that. So, Parliament passed the 1701 Act of Settlement, which said that the throne of England had to go to a Protestant. The nearest relative who was alive and Protestant was Sophia of Hanover, the granddaughter of James I of England, but Sophia ended up dying only a few months before Anne did, so the throne ended up going to her son George, aka Sophia Dorothea's ex-husband. And for more details on that, I would suggest listening either to our Anne episode or our Sophia of Hanover episode, which were episodes six and seven. In the build-up to George becoming the King of England, Sophia and, Dorothea, 
So Theodorcia and her mother have reached out to Queen Anne to try to get her to push George to free her from captivity. They pointed out that it would be improper for the former wife of the new king and the mother of the future king of England, because after all, Sophia Dorothea's son would be king after George to be imprisoned. This did not work. In fact, George ended up tightening the guards who watched over Sophia because there were rumors spreading in Hanover that their divorce hadn't been fully legal and that Sophia was technically the Queen of England and that he'd have to bring her over with him, and George absolutely did not want that. Ultimately, once George became King of England, Sophia Dorothea remained in captivity, and she would stay in captivity. In 1722, Sophia's mother died. By this point, her mother had basically been her only ally and the only person who was actively working to free her. Without her mother, Sophia Dorothea was truly alone, and her, she really started to decline. She began to eat a lot as a form of distraction and rapidly gained weight. As a result, she started to suffer from serious digestive issues. In 1725, her daughter, also named Sophia Dorothea, who she hadn't seen in over 30 years, came back to Hanover from Prussia on a state visit. Sophia Dorothea longed to see her daughter and would get specially dressed up every day and wait by a window in an attempt to catch her daughter's attention if she happened to ride by the castle, but sadly, that didn't work. In August 1726, Sophia Dorothea ended up suffering from a stroke. It was severe enough that she was unable to leave her bed after it, and she ended up dying on November 13th, 1726, at the age of 60. At the time of her death, she had been separated from her husband and imprisoned in Alton Castle for 32 years. When news of her death became public, George refused to allow any public mourning for her in either England or Hanover and was extremely pissed that his daughter ordered court mourning for Sophia Dorothea at the Prussian court. At the time of her death, Sophia Dorothea left behind a will that said that all of her land that she had inherited from her mother was supposed to be split between her son and her daughter. However, George, being the complete asshole that he's proved himself to be in the study guide thus far, completely ignored this desire and instead had all of the land go to the Kingdom of Hanover. And he continued to punish Sophia Dorothea even after her death. He refused to give any burial instructions, which meant that a funeral was unable to happen. So her body was simply put in a lead coffin and kept in the Alden Castle cellar. It wasn't until January 1727 that George finally said that she could be buried in a local cemetery as long as there was no ceremony and her grave was left plain. However, by the time he had given this order, Alden was in the middle of the rainy season, so a funeral couldn't happen, so her body had to be put back in the cellar. It wasn't until May 1727 that Sophia Dorothea was finally buried next to her parents in cell. 
Even then, George insisted that the burial happen at the middle of the night so that no one would know about it and no one would go to mourn her. However, George did not end up living much longer than Sophia Dorothea. He died in June 1727, about 10 months after his ex-wife. In fact, right before his death, he received a letter that Sophia Dorothea had written him before she had died, and in this letter, she had said some pretty nasty things to him and basically had yelled at him about how badly he'd mistreated her. Rumors quickly spread in both England and Hanover that his death was partially caused by the letter because he'd been told years previously by a fortune teller that if he hurt Sophia at all, he would die within a year of her, and that's exactly what happened. And the consequences of his actions towards Sophia Dorothea continued even after both of their deaths. After George died, their son together now George II, had the previously sealed Hanover records opened. Not only did George learn about Sophia Dorothea's affair, which he had never heard about, but he also learned exactly how awful his father had been to his mother. George II made it extremely clear and very public that if Sophia Dorothea had lived a little bit longer and had managed to outlive George I, he would have brought her over to England to live as the Dowager Queen, which certainly is a what-if, and in my opinion, Sophia Dorothea probably deserved that. She deserved that little happy ending that she never got. So, for those fans of the study guides who prefer bullet points over a full-on lecture, let's do a quick little recap of the extremely unhappy life and marriage of Sophia Dorothea of Sell. Sophia Dorothea of Sell was born in 1666. Her father was a member of the House of Hanover, and her mother came from a wealthy French Protestant family. The two were not married because, well, her mother wasn't a noble. As a result, Sophia Dorothea was born illegitimately, although she was legitimized in 1674 when she was eight, and two years later, her parents did get married. While Sophia Dorothea was set up to be amazingly wealthy, because, after all, she was going to inherit both of her parents' land and money, and she was considered to be quite the beauty, she didn't necessarily do all that well on the European marriage market due to the circumstances of her birth. Despite this, in 1682, when she was 16 years old, Sophia Dorothea got engaged to her cousin, George Ludwig of Hanover, in an attempt to finally unify the House of Hanover family lands, which had been split up in previous generations. To say that Sophia Dorothea was not happy about this engagement is an understatement. She literally fainted the first time she saw her soon-to-be husband, and George also wasn't exactly thrilled to be marrying his illegitimate cousin. Despite this, the families insisted on the marriage, and the two got married. From the outset, it was made very clear to Sophia Dorothea that her job was to bring the family together and provide an heir ASAP, and she did that. A year into the marriage, she gave birth to a son, 
also named George, and four years later, she gave birth to a daughter, Sophia Dorothea. While the rest of George's family treated her decently, ranging from toleration to absolute adoration in the case of George's younger brothers, George despised his young and beautiful wife. He took on multiple mistresses, most of whom were known for being not especially attractive, one of whom might have even been his half-sister, which, yeah, not great. By the time Sophia and Dorothea had given birth to their second child together, the marriage had completely fallen apart, and Sophia and Dorothea had reunited with a childhood sweetheart, the Swedish Count Philip von Konigsmark. The relation started out with them just writing passionate letters to each other, then meeting in person, and finally escalated to the two deciding in 1694 that they were going to leave Hanover together and return to Sel where they could leave in peace. However, George's father's mistress caught wind of the plan, alerted George's father, and between July 1st and July 2nd, 1694, von Knigsmark was arrested while trying to enter Sophia's apartment, vanished, and was most likely murdered on the orders of George's father. His body has never been discovered. Sophia Dorothea had no idea that this had happened, but she's... But while all this was going on, she and George were facing a tribunal that was trying to decide whether or not the two were eligible for a divorce. The tribunal, shockingly, found out that they were because Sophia had deserted her husband. Because Sophia was the guilty party in the divorce, George basically got to decide what would happen to her, and George was not in the mood to play nice. He banished her to Alden Castle in Cell, and even though Sophia Dorothea's father technically controlled Cell, George insisted that Sophia Dorothea be imprisoned in the castle under a household and guards that George vet to make sure that they were loyal to the House of Hanover. When she was sent to the castle in 1694, she would never leave it. She would never see her children again. Sophia Dorothea's mother continued to visit her daughter and advocate for her release, but when Sophia Dorothea's father tried to visit her right before he died, George blocked him from seeing his daughter. In 1714, when George became King of England after Queen Anne died, it did look like that maybe Sophia Dorothea would get to be released, but George just tightened security around her because there were rumors that the divorce wasn't fully legal and George had no desire to have to make his ex-wife Queen of England on a technicality. After 1722, with the death of her mother, Sophia Dorothea was fully alone. Her health took a major downturn, and in August 1726, she suffered from a stroke and died several months later in November 1726 at the age of 60. After her death, it was still several months before she was buried because her husband refused to issue any burial instructions. She was finally buried in May 1727 next to her parents in cell. Her husband died a month later in June 1727. After their deaths, 
her son became George II of England and publicly announced that if she had outlived her husband, he would have made Sophia Dorothea, Dowager Queen of England, would have freed her and would have brought her to live in England in complete freedom. I think we can all agree, poor Sophia Dorothea. Most of my research for this episode came from the article on Sophia Dorothea from Unofficial Royalty, the article on her from English Monarchs, Leslie Carroll's book, Notorious Royal Marriages, and Catherine Curzon's book, Queens of Georgian Britain. As always, for a full list of sources and relevant images, you can visit the website sadgirlstudyguides.com. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, you can email the podcast at sadgirlstudyguides at gmail.com. Next week, we're going to be covering, shocker, yet another depressing marriage. This time, we're going to be leaving England and moving to Austria, where we will be discussing Elizabeth of Austria. As always, if you want to financially support the podcast, you can do so by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash sadgirlstudyguides. Patrons get access to cool perks like the bi-weekly tangent cast, where I discuss a person, place, or thing that didn't quite make it into a normal study guide, as well as getting to suggest topics for upcoming study guides. The, you can also reach out to the study guide on social media. We're on Twitter at SadGirlStudyPod and on Instagram at SadGirlStudy. The best way to help the podcast grow is tell a friend or subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please let us know how we're doing, rate or review, or else I'll be sad. Thanks!